Hello, welcome to the podcast. I invite you to follow along as we seek to build a firm foundation. Let's walk together as we grow our faith with every step. So let's begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, give us the sense of your presence as we go through this topic today. Help us know that you're with us always and just waiting for us to come to you. Help us to have perfect trust in your will for our lives and give us the desire to want to spend more time with you in prayer. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This episode of the podcast is entitled, Pray About It. Now I can look back over my life and see where God's answered prayer and where he's watched over me so many times. And he's done it even when I've been disobedient. And I'm not by any means encouraging disobedience. In fact, it's important to be obedient. God is actually more responsive to our prayers when we are. 1 Peter 3, 10 through 12 says, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. If we want God to hear our prayers, what we do is important. Our actions aren't going unnoticed by him. Again, in 1 Peter, this time in chapter 4, verse 7, it tells us to be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we can pray. And back in 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And this doesn't just go for men. As women, we have to be respectful and considerate of our husbands also and of everyone as do they so that all of our prayers also are not ineffective. So when I say that God has always been there for me, even when I haven't been obedient, I'm really just pointing out that God's grace, as always, is far more than we ever deserve. Can you recall times in your past when God has answered your prayers or responded to your needs or struggles? Circumstances in your life when you just knew he was there Maybe at times you didn't even realize it in the moment, but when you look back, you can see his fingerprints were all over it. Now, the Bible is full of God's people praying and in the Old Testament as well as the New, both individually and together in groups, even entire nations. When Israel repented, they did it as a nation. Now, not every single Israelite necessarily sought the Lord in prayer, but the nation as a whole did repent, and God promised deliverance when the entire nation repented. And throughout history, God has listened to his people when they pray. Even our individual prayers, my prayers and your prayers, God does answer our prayers, and sometimes in life-changing ways. Okay, now we all know what prayer is. It's going to God when we're in trouble or when we need help with something and sometimes even to praise him for something that's happened. But there's so much more to prayer. And when we begin to unfold all the layers, we start to understand that if we pray more, we really can 
worry less. God wants us to count on him. And prayer teaches us how to do that. There's so many times I worried for no reason when really all I had to do was pray about it. So what really is prayer to us and why is it so important for us? I never really thought about all the ways that prayer pours over into so many aspects of our life and of our faith until I was studying for this podcast. One thing we should be very mindful of is what a privilege prayer is. It's our doorway to connection with God. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, we have direct access to God now. And what a privilege to be able to approach him directly. The Bible explains who had access to approach God before Jesus' death and what happened at Jesus' death to allow us to now approach God directly ourselves. Hebrews 9.2 tells us that a tabernacle was set up for worship, a temple. And in verse 3, it tells us about the second curtain of the tabernacle. This curtain has great significance, so listen up. It says, behind the second curtain was a holy room called the Most Holy Place or the Holy of Holies. This was considered the earthly dwelling place of God's presence. And the curtain's representation was that man was separated from God by their sin. And a little further in verse 7, it tells us that only the high priest could enter into that room behind the curtain and make an offering for himself and for the sins of the people. Now, this curtain was about four inches thick and around 60 feet high, which makes what occurred at Jesus' death so remarkable and so incredible. Matthew 27, 50 and 51 tells us about this extraordinary event that took place at Jesus' death. It says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. With the tearing of that curtain and the death and resurrection of Jesus, every person can now approach God themselves. We can ask for our own forgiveness. And without a sacrifice, Jesus did that for us once for all. And the tearing of the curtain was a beautiful symbol of God moving out of that dwelling place, never again to dwell in a temple made with human hands, as it says in Acts 17:24. And since Jesus' death, he now dwells in the hearts of believers in the form of the Holy Spirit. And we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. It tells us in Galatians 4, 6 that God sent the Spirit of his Son into the hearts of all who are redeemed. And the tearing of that curtain at Jesus' death is also symbolic of Jesus now being the only way the only means by which we are saved, his death for our life. 1 Peter 3, 4, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. And in John fourteen six, Jesus tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And in Hebrews 10:19 it says, we can have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Now, besides being such an awesome privilege, prayer is also a way to praise God. We feel such a sense of awe when we really consider God's power and his greatness and his love for us. And we can express how we feel through prayer. Colossians 4, 2 says, devote yourself to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. And Psalm 141, 2 says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Prayer in the form of praise is such a wonderful way to express our love and gratefulness to the Lord. And prayer produces blessings. It releases God's blessings on us and on others that we pray for. Hebrews 11:6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, prayer is also how we seek forgiveness. We go to God through prayer to ask for forgiveness. To be forgiven, we must do this. And we must feel truly remorseful for our disobedience or for whatever it is that we know that we've done wrong or maybe something that we haven't done that we should have even. Knowing that we are forgiven is one of the many things through prayer that can renew our minds and bring us peace. Acts 3.19 tells us to repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Remember that God loves us and wants to forgive us. Psalm 86, 5, you are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. And when we can truly accept God's forgiveness, it makes it possible for us to forgive others and sometimes even ourselves. We need true healing in spirit, mind, and body, so we must forgive. And trust me when I tell you that I know it is easier said than done. It's so hard to forgive some people who have hurt us so deeply. And it's so hard sometimes to forgive ourselves for things that we've done that we know have hurt others to the core. But we have God's word to turn to for advice and to teach us how. When we don't forgive, we end up with so much stress by reliving whatever it was that hurt us or that we did by just reliving that over and over and over again. And then we're dealing with the negative effects that it can have on us, on our minds and our physical bodies. We have to learn to let go. But this isn't the main reason why we should forgive. God calls us to forgive. In the book of Matthew, Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And some translations even say 70 times seven. Either way, that's a lot of forgiving one person. But the point is that Jesus wanted 
his followers, those then and us now, to get in the habit of forgiving others without limit so that it becomes kind of like a second nature to us. Now, prayer also rejuvenates us, like I was just talking about. It restores our spirit, revives our mind, and brings us peace. Setting time aside each day is so important for our spiritual and emotional health. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this leads us right into that prayer is healing. Jeremiah 17, 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. And we can praise him through prayer. God does at times answer our prayers when we pray in just the way we'd hoped. And when he does, we need to give him the credit. We need to realize that the things that we try to achieve or work for or even a healing wouldn't be allowed into our lives without God's permission. No matter how determined we are or no matter how good the doctors are, God has to allow it. But when we ask him for something, we shouldn't expect God to do all the work. We can and should try to figure out what our role is in whatever we're asking for and do our part. But on the other hand, we should be giving God all the credit when our prayers are answered. And we should always praise him for it, even when our prayers are answered differently than we expected. At those times, we need to trust him and praise him for his plans for us and whatever he is working out for good. But prayer has a healing effect on us in what for some would be an unexpected way. It's the actual act of prayer that can have a pretty amazing impact on us. It can heal our spirit and when our spirit is healed, our mind and our body can follow. And I know it's not really what this podcast is about, but I'm going to throw a little physiology lesson in here, mostly because I'm so impressed about the way that our bodies work and the way that our brains work. God really did create a masterpiece when he made us. And it's just crazy that God actually made us set up prayer to have these kind of effects on us that would heal us spiritually just simply because we prayed, just because we were in the act of praying. So just take a listen to what I have to say. Because there are actual health benefits to prayer. And as I said more specifically, to the act of praying. Amazingly, it is true. Prayer can bring about feelings such as peacefulness, hope, happiness, gratitude, compassion, and forgiveness, among so many other things. And as I just mentioned, not only does it bring about spiritual healing, but when we heal our spirit first, we can heal our minds. And what happens in our brain can heal our bodies. Healthy changes in the brain actually promote healthy physical changes. Things like anxiety can be lifted, as well as positive changes to our blood pressure, our immune system, and so many more things 
that I don't even have time to list. Prayer uplifts us and relaxes us. And we know this to be true because, well, think about it. How many of us have actually fallen asleep saying prayers at bedtime? It's because it releases control. And when we give up control and hand it over to God, it takes a weight off from us. And with that lighter weight, our minds and bodies can begin to heal. And when we experience these kind of mind healing emotions, it helps prevent the release of cortisol and other stress producing hormones and instead aids in the production of things like dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. And ladies, actually guys too, God created us this way. It's simply amazing. Okay, now on to more about prayer. So prayer also is relational. God is our Heavenly Father, and we were created for a relationship with Him, which is why He created us in His image, as it says in Genesis. And then in Leviticus 26.12, He says, I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. It was planned this way from the beginning. And prayer is an opportunity to develop that relationship. Prayer is necessary as our way to communicate and converse with God. We can tell him our feelings and ask him for help. Anything that we could talk about with an earthly parent or someone close to us and even the things that we wouldn't. We can tell him our deepest secrets. He knows them anyway. Conversations with God are easier than with anyone else. We don't have to worry about hurting anyone's feelings or what they'll think of us. We don't have to feel uncomfortable and nothing we tell God could ever destroy or weaken our relationship with him. But he's waiting for us to come to him. Think about what happens when we have a lasting relationship with someone. We begin to understand them, don't we? Their nature and their ways. It's the same with God, and to have an effective prayer life and relationship with Him, it's important to get to know Him, to understand Him, and we do that through the Word and do that in prayer. And prayer is also guidance. When we get to know God more intimately, we learn that prayer reveals the heart of God and His will. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God gave these words to Jeremiah when he was in prison. Even in some of his darkest moments and in bondage, he could connect with the Lord through prayer. And even when we are in our own pit, we've all been there, we can connect with him too. When we pray to him, God can help us find direction and guide us to align our will with his. But when we pray for God's will, we need to be willing to be in the situation he places us in. It may be that he has something to teach us, or it may be that he will use our situation to help others. Prayer reminds us to depend on God, but it's also how we learn to trust him. Prayer is also intercession. When we pray for others, we take on the role of mediator, which we are called to do. In 1 Timothy, Paul 
gives examples of how to live out the Christian life. And in chapter 2, verse 1, he tells us, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. And this is also a reflection of the Holy Spirit. He also intercedes for us as it explains to us in the book of Romans. And prayer also is so powerful. God is our strength and praying to him helps strengthen us. It helps us to have the strength to make the right decisions and to avoid temptation. And it gives us strength to fight the battles that we'll encounter throughout our life, whether temptations or trials. We are constantly in a spiritual warfare, even if we don't realize it. And we need to take it seriously. And prayer is our weapon. And it's a mighty weapon that we can and should use against any spiritual attack of the enemy. Prayer is the one thing that Satan does not want us to do. In James 5.16, it tells us the prayer of a righteous man, and of course a woman, is powerful and effective. And prayer is inspiring. It fills us with hope and encouragement. It gives us determination to make it over the mountains and through the valleys that come into our lives. In the book of Luke, it tells us that Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. This is the parable. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this woman keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? That is so reassuring. Now, prayer can also be transformational. It can bring us to become more like Jesus. Prayer does change us. David's prayer to God in Psalm 51.10 was this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. And here's a quote that I love that addresses that change prayer can bring. Once a man was asked, what did you gain by regularly praying to God? The man replied, nothing, but let me tell you what I lost. Anger, ego, greed, depression, insecurity, and fear of death. Sometimes the answer to our prayers is not gaining, but losing, which ultimately is the gain. Now, I don't necessarily agree that he didn't gain anything by regularly praying to God, but I do agree with everything that he lost, and so I really like that. So, prayer is all of these things and so much more. But what we need to remember about prayer is that we should always go to God in prayer first. It should always be our first response in times of trouble. However, we often save prayer as a last resort, our last hope. But prayer is our lifeline to God. We can use it to talk to him about everything, even the good things. We forget sometimes to go to him with the good stuff, just to praise him and to thank him. In Ephesians, it tells us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
And not only are we called by God to pray, but we're to pray at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Romans 12, 11, it tells us to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And even though God tells us to be faithful in prayer, which does mean it's an act of obedience, it should never be viewed as an obligation that is burdensome for us. As Christians, instead, we should consider it all of these things, an awesome privilege and a blessing, a way in which we praise God, the way that we go to him to ask for forgiveness, for intercession, for guidance, for healing, and to be rejuvenated, and so, so much more. Prayer shouldn't be reserved for just mealtime and Sundays or bedtime. Prayer is a discipline, and like anything else that we want to prioritize, we have to be willing to work on it. Colossians 4.2 reminds us to devote ourselves in prayer. And a good way to get started being consistent in our prayer life is to start each day with prayer. Psalm 5.3, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. Starting our day, talking with our Father really does make a difference in how our day goes. And that's harder to do for some of us than others. I'll admit it, I'm one of them especially at the beginning of an exceptionally busy day. But if we can at least take a few minutes in prayer each morning to connect with the one who brought us through the night, it can alter the course of our entire day. And even when we don't feel that God is answering our prayers, we can be sure that there is healing taking place through that time we've spent with God. So don't skip it because we really need that healing. Prayer is something that we should value and treasure. We should never use prayer like it's our direct request line. It isn't about getting what we want. It's not a wishing well or a shooting star or the candles on our birthday cake. We don't just toss a penny in the well or make a wish upon a star or blow out the candles on our cake and hope for our heart's desires. We never want our prayers to be motivated by what we're going to get out of them. In James 4, 3, it says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. So we need to be careful of this. Instead, we can pray for His will to be done, for His perfect plan to be established in our lives. We can ask Him for forgiveness for the ways that we mess up every day. We can pray for His help in becoming more like Jesus. We can pray for others and lift them up to our Father, asking for His will in their lives also. And we can pray for the worries of our loved ones as well as our own concerns. We can ask Him to open doors. We can pray for protection. We can pray for our leaders in our country. We can even ask God to help us be more devoted to prayer. God does care for us. He wants to help us. And he'll be there for us through everything, no matter what it is. Just reach out to him and pray about it. Matthew 6, 8 tells us that our Father knows what we need even before we ask him. He won't necessarily always give us what we want, but he will give us what is good according to his purpose. And we can be confident that he has many blessings in store for us as his children. 
In 1 John 5.14, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. As long as we're careful not to put our desires over God's will, God does answer prayer. John reminds us to pray with confidence. God always listens. He hears all his children's prayers, even the ones spoken in silence. But God must always be the Lord of our life. No other desires before him. And that's got to be one of the toughest things of all, to put no other desires before him. Nothing. It's certainly okay to want things and even to ask God for the things we want. But then we need to be careful to not put those desires before God and before his will for us and what he wants for us. Whatever it is, we have to trust his answer. His will will always line up with his perfect plan for us. And because we can't see the things that he can see, in other words, we don't know our future, only he knows, it's hard for us to understand when it seems that God isn't answering in the way that we expected him to, or when his answer seems to be no. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 reads like this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When we seek God with all of our heart, we're seeking his will. When we pray to him, we need to pray for just that. We pursue him in this way rather than our goals or our own desires. Our biggest desire should always be for him. And so although God does bless us greatly, those blessings are not necessarily what we should be seeking. But instead, we should be seeking simply his presence, his guidance, and his will. We owe God our very lives and should go to him humbly instead of flooding him with our requests as if he owes us something more. Really, it's us that owe him everything. But he will give us peace in all circumstances, no matter what we're faced with. And perfect peace is really what we need, his perfect peace, which we can find when we stay in his will. And even in those times when we have a bit of a chip on our shoulder, we should definitely try praying then too. It's just hard to have a bad attitude while we're praying. We don't often go to God when we're in a bad mood. It's usually the last thing we want to do, but those are some of the best times to seek him. There's no better way to turn your day around and lift your mood. Just know that God loves us and he's with us even when we're a little cranky. And there could be times in our life when we haven't gotten what we need or the things that God already has planned for us simply because we have forgotten to go to God and ask him. Did you know that it tells us in the book of James that we do not have because we do not ask God? That's it. Ask him. Sometimes he's just waiting for us to ask pray about it. As we seek to grow our prayer life, we should know that prayer 
is a foundation for an incredible relationship with God and try to remember to pray daily and not get caught up in all the do's and don'ts of prayer, but pray from our heart. Our prayer life as well as our relationship with God is strengthened by spending time with him each day. And when that relationship is strengthened, so is our faith. Prayer isn't bargaining with God or making a deal with him. It's simple. It's just going to him when we know that we need to lean on him for something. We just ask and then trust him. And then pay attention and see where he is working in our life. Sometimes it might be the unexpected. Sometimes what he's doing might be behind the scenes. But when we put our focus on our future hope and count on God for the details, we can manage today's trials. And we should always appreciate what I said in the beginning, what a privilege it is to go before the throne of God in prayer. We can go to his throne with faith and with expectation and with thanksgiving, praise, and worship. We cannot praise him enough for all his good works. Before I sign off, I'd like to talk with you about something on my heart. We're going through a time when most of us have had more to pray about than ever in the past. And most of us have likely received more prayer requests than ever before. And we should be mindful to not only pray for others, but with them. Again, another toughie. We feel like we don't know the right things to say or we'll mess up somehow. But God doesn't expect perfection in prayer, only prayers from the heart. Romans 8, 26 and 27 can give us the confidence to pray with others when we don't feel equipped to pray a prayer that others can hear. It tells us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And it tells us that he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So when we pray with others, our words don't have to be fancy or eloquent. We don't have to say great things. God receives our prayers just the way they are. We just need to go to him like we would anyone else that we know loves us and just speak from our heart. It's just so important to pray with others when they need it. And remember that when others are asking for prayer, they usually need and are also asking for encouragement. So take time to encourage them too. And I ask that you pray for what I'm praying for also, a prayer revival getting back to the business of a real connection with our Father. Pray this for yourself. Pray it for me and for the world. We need it now more than ever. So before I end here, let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for the gift of prayer and for our personal relationship with you. Thank you for making it possible through your Son, Jesus Christ, for us to come directly to you. Nudge us each day with a reminder to spend time with you and give us a heart to pray for the needs of others. We ask, Lord, that as we pray, you open doors that only you can open and that you move the mountains only you can move. 
We're asking for a prayer revival, not only for those listening to this podcast, but for everyone all around the world. Give us the desire to come to your throne in prayer and a longing to be closer to you. Be with us, Lord, also in the valleys. Lift us and encourage us with your words. Never let us forget to be thankful to you. We praise you for who you are, Almighty God, and for everything you do for us every single day. And mostly help us to remember that when we're troubled, afraid, or discouraged, or grateful, or feeling blessed, that we can look to you and pray about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me again next time as we seek to grow closer to our Maker with every stop.